Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Marcus Meets. A show that is, well, it's very simple, isn't it? My name's Marcus and I meet people. I've always been a fan of, of having simple names for things because why not? <laughs> there was this varnish that they probably still sell here in the UK and the advert when I was younger was like, This is Runseal Quick Drying Wood Stain. You can't miss it. It comes in a tin with Runseal Quick Drying Wood Stain on it. It protects and it's rainproof in about 30 minutes which means in about 30 minutes, your wood's rainproof and protected. So if you've got wood to stain and you want it to dry quickly, use Ronsil Quick Drying Wood Stain. It does exactly what it says on the tin. And that is pretty much the process that I go through when I'm naming any project that I work on. Uh, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Real simple names. Anyway, you can let us know what you think of Marcus Meats um, by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It's not the easiest part of iTunes, a podcast app to get to. So what we've done is we've put a link in the description of this show uh, click on that and um, it'll be great for you to spread the good word about the show to other people. It helps us get to more ears. Today's show is David Avery. Now, he's an uh, up-and-coming actor in the UK. And the way that we met was like, it wasn't like, you know, hi, this is David. It was, I was doing voiceovers for a TV station. And his show was one of the shows on it that had been picked up in the web. Brothers with no game, we talk about it in a little while. And I remember becoming really familiar with his character because his character was called Marcus. I remember his face from that. And we kept on bumping into each other. Like at one point, there was a time where everywhere I went, he was there or everywhere he went, I was there. And uh, that's how we kind of got talking. And, and we worked out that we didn't live too far away from each other. And during his like meteoric rise through the, the ranks of acting, we have kept in contact. So it was really nice to sit down and have a chat with him, especially after the year that he's had. I mean, forthcoming in this show, um, we talk about what it's like in working on, you know, hard-boiled films like Startup, being on set, doing massive comedy films like the Inbetweeners movie, working on The Brothers With No Game, working with David Harewood, Hugh Laurie, Tom Hiddleston, um, Retro Script working on some new comedy that he's doing. There's a whole lot in the bag, but he just come back from LA when we sat down out in the park because it was a nice day in case you're wondering what all of the noise and breezes in the background. And as we all know, LA is a hot spot for actors. So um, first thing I asked is, uh, David, when did you go to LA? I went to LA um, mid-July. I was there for three weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, got back about a week ago now. And it's been good. There's a buzz out there. You know, for the night, the night manager mainly has been what has kind of got me interest out there. Um, but I went to see my brother as well. He lives out there just got engaged oh wow so it was to spend time with him as well um 
and he's over the moon he's a music producer he loves it there and um but then yeah have some meetings get a feel for the place i went when i was like 15 for mm. a few days when i was young i don't remember the place i remember going there when i was young thinking oh saved by the bell and fresh print <laughs> and i remember getting there and thinking ross this is not like the shows but i still liked it I still like how big it was diverse um and their kind of attitude is very inspiring you know they're kind of like you know they respect the underdog a lot more um and they just want to kind of jump on what's hot and also a friend of mine told me this out there and he made a good point um that even the cast and directors out there want to be stars themselves because they want to discover the next thing yeah and so they have this kind of they have this kind of attitude of um that gives them more um oomph to to give more people a try or um someone that could come from left field you know what i mean like they want to be stars they want to they want to find that diamond in the dirt type thing as well so um yeah good place how long has he lived out there for then he's been there for four years he studied music on a visa music visa um at quite a prestigious music college and now he works at the college um to maintain his visa and also produce on the side so um yeah and and i think when i was out there just when i was out there he actually started working with a producer that worked on projects like thriller and elton john's work so he's kind of getting in with these guys now and you know learning the ropes um and he he just wants to do a bunch of things but produce music i mean to be dre would be like the ideal thing for him to uh, be like the doctor so he makes, like hip, he makes hip-hop then yeah 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 but um he's quite eclectic he'll do other things as well um you know he he likes actually how the last few years like grime and garage has become a little bit of a thing for them you know we see like kanye's and drake's kind of taking things like with asking us because <laughs> they'll bring <laughs> grime artists out but they're inspired by us which is quite um nice to see yeah. you know especially i mean i'm a fan from that music from over a decade ago when it was like not getting love yeah so then now i've got like cousins at 18 that's like oh my god jme and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like yeah you're late you're late (laughs) but um yeah it's nice to see them coming up and yeah my brother wants to somehow get involved with that he's um good friends with swift who's uh, a drum and bass dj yep um so they've done a few, few bits of work together so yeah he he loves it out there and i think i see him being out there and making a nice little nest for himself out there so it's a good it's a good um place to have a bit of family then for an actor isn't it really absolutely like he let me crash with him and um allowed me to do what i was doing really without it being too expensive i mean you know flights and whatnot were were quite a lot yeah (laughs) but um i had to go out at that time it was worth the sacrifice and you need to drive you have to drive you know you've been out there yeah um so it's it's tough like for for actors that do that trip and continue to i mean i've got more admiration for them now because it is a different kind of way of doing things you've got to drive you've got to be very organized you've got to take advantage of a buzz if you have a buzz um so yeah i've got a lot of respect for the for the brits that go over there and, and do that um yeah how yeah. did you make meetings happen out there because i know that's a thing where a lot of actors want to just get out there and communicate with these casting directors and stuff how did you make it happen well i've been quite fortunate whereby i've kind of been patient and waited for a credit to go out there with so like the night manager so i've got an agent here Senu, um who are quite prominent 
um, and they hooked me up with a manager out there. But they, uh, one of my agents went out there recently and did a lot of legwork to meet new managers. Um, and I happened to get some interest through that channel. And then through Skype, we met formally and then signed with the manager. Um, and then we've been communicating just, you know, through even just WhatsApp, you know, I'll communicate with him regularly and be like, what's going on? And, and then we'll do some self-tapes. Um, but off the back of, you definitely need to try the traditional part, like routes that are available. Get an agent, get them to to find someone for you that they trust as well. You know, yeah. not just anyone, because a lot of um, managers out there that say they're managers. Mm-hmm. But um, try and get them to do a lot of the work. And but then at some point you've got to go out and meet these people. But then yes, you need something. People can be like, oh, you're doing that, or you're from that. And that's hard. That's easier said than done. But I've been, you know, I've, I've waited to to do that. So um, it's not like it's just happened for me. Mm. But um, I know I'm lucky to go off the back of that and get in the room with big people. But just if you can, if you can do your best in the UK here, they do value us a lot. You know, it's not getting old. Like they still love the Brits. So play off of that. I know our industry is different, but if you get something good here. Um, go over there and they'll love to hear about it uh, and they're collaborating more with Europe anyway now in the UK with productions over the last few years we've seen 24 films Criminal um, the list goes on So, and they're going to continue that yeah. so don't just think I need to get out and have nothing just just do your best here first and then fine if nothing's happening go yeah. but um, try the traditional uh, means that are already there why do you think they like us so much out there they love our theatre scene they love our training um, I think it's I think it's the theatre mainly because even if you don't have the training if you say you've done some fringe for example they know that it's theatre's a hard graft and there's not much in LA so they already know you, you know how you, you, you've worked for free for example they know yeah. you've already done it for a love they already know you can take on a room or you're not going to be scared of a room so they i think that's what it's rooted in really and the training is like a plus um they see us as very cold like more i mean i i'm not saying i'm not cultured <laughs> but they see us as even more than i would expect because i'm like a, I, i'm a regular dude you know like so but they saw that even more out it was amplified yeah which i'm not complaining about yeah but that way it was amplified so um I think I think it's the theatre. I think it's the theatre bit. They they you know this is where Shakespeare comes from. You know like yeah. And I'm not big into Shakespeare, but they they see uh, us as kind of just um, is it is like a route that you, uh, that you do here, and uh, it just goes a long way out there. Wicked, and they they love your Londoner. Oh, sorry, Brummy accent actually. Well, that's weird, that's... I'm practically a Londoner now, <laughs> um, but I am from Birmingham, yeah. And um, and they they love Eng- like England is like this. Oh my God, England! You know, yeah. I, I went there one time, or I'd love to go. Yeah. Like it's this it's this very novel thing to them, yeah. England, um, which is great. You know, we're like, oh, it's grey, it's grey here. Yeah. Why would you go there? But they have value on it, so just take advantage of that yeah. value. With that being said, actually, the weather's all right today. We're definitely yeah, not in, we're enjoying in, it in the studio. We've well, you can describe where we're at, actually. We're, we're in is it Queens Park? That's right. We're in Northwest, and the sun is out, and um, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's Northwest London. Yeah, there's a lot less clothing. Today. <laughs> this is a direct direct reflection of the weather. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's nice. 
It's very nice. Yeah, it's almost like LA, just not as warm. Almost like LA. Um, almost. We've got that breeze here, though. That breeze to cool you down. Yeah. So um yeah, you said you're um you're you're, you're a London lad now, but you did you did grow up, grow up in Br- Brum, like Birmingham. What was that like growing up in Birmingham when you were a kid? Um, it was tough at the time. Looking back on it now, you know, I'm I'm protective over it. I, I I'll never like deny it. Yeah. Because sometimes they tease the Birmingham accent and and whatever. And when I moved here, I did get some crap from people yeah. um and just tease from acts and different reasons so i think at the time when i moved i did accelerate my accent to change i won't lie like i wanted it to change it was gonna change yeah but i kind of accelerated it because i was like i'm getting to just i can't bother with this this attitude i'm getting but no but you get older and you just realize well that's my story so i'm not ashamed of it whatsoever but yeah it was um a pretty kind of working class area i grew up in um, good people but it was a rough area yeah i went to a pretty rough school as well we had a headmaster though that was really cool his name was uh, mr perks roger perks and uh, he was famous in birmingham because he'd he would wear the school uniform to to school he would never wear a suit he'd never wear anything else he was famous for being quite um committed to the kids and um he passed away a few years after uh, rest in peace but he like kind of made that school better than it could have been it was a very rough school very rough area um but he was he was awesome like very encouraged us to believe we could be millionaires even though we had nothing um but yeah there was never much acting in birmingham um i would watch films and just kind of fantasize about being an actor i never even thought it was a career for a long long time i was like there's no way like it's for other people and um and then in my area you know it was never really to do anything artistic or positive I'm being honest was just not it's frowned on it was like no no you got you know you just just um, run with the elders and be hard be hard yeah 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 yeah. and um, and I learned a lot though you know and I've got a lot of love for those friends still to this day but um, I think my mum and dad saw that me in particular I was getting into stuff I shouldn't have by the time I was about 15 yeah and um, we moved to London my dad is from East London anyway, so we moved back to London, but we moved to North London. Right. And a better area, basically. Um, and then I just felt, I mean, I hated it for a while. Not, you know, I just hated not being at home. It wasn't I hated London, I just hated not being at home. And I adjusted over time, and uh, at college I got a chance to do a bit of drama. I was like, oh, this could be fun. There were girls in the class, of course, so then it was like, yeah, yeah. So it was all in jovial, very fun at the time. Didn't take it seriously, too seriously. Did it there, but I was like, "Raw, this is, I like this. This is fun. Like, I'm not, I don't see myself as very academic. I'd, I'd love to be more academic, but I'm naturally more just hand, like, stand on your feet and do things creative. So I was like, this is perfect. Um, but then finished college and, um, what do I do? Uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't really know about the whole process after that like drama schools or anything. So and my family were more encouraging me to do something more business focused like right. safe and right. security. So I was like okay, I'll do I did advertising and video production at uni. And uh, it was like a little bit creative but you know this could be a little bit more stable. So I went to Thames Valley University in West London for 3 years. Uh enjoyed it. It was good. Learned a lot of stuff, but halfway through I was like this is not can't see i can't see a future in this and i was like let me go back to the acting thing let me give let me give that shot um 
and it was kind of make or break from there uh and i kind of was just like yeah i'm, I'm gonna do this so then finished the degree saved up my money to do a course afterwards i didn't know which course i would do i just saved money i knew i was going to do something and ended up being a master's in acting for screen at central school of speech and drama which is like a good good solid drama school and uh i knew having that on my cv would be would go quite far yeah and it was like i can't waste time anyway i need to get that school on my cv i need to get the best training and then go from here and there you go how did you skip to a master's from doing a degree in in video production and, and business because usually you have to do like a degree in acting and then do the master's after the right well you can do a you can do a master and postgraduate uh in anything as long as you've got a degree so i had the right, degree right so that qualified me to do a post postgraduate course right but i see what you mean maybe like in mentality as well yeah but the whole time i was doing my degree i was very jealous of the people in front of the camera yeah but um but the knowledge i got from that course was wicked because i learned how to edit a little bit yeah so that's helped me now though to, to this day i don't i don't reject that train uh that degree whatsoever Mm. Um, it helped me a lot because now when I do self-tapes for example I know exactly how to edit a tape get the mic right and things like that so um, in my head I was already like thinking oh, I want to be in front of the camera I want to because I did do it for an A-level um, but and then I don't know I just kind of see them all under the same umbrella now anyway like um, directors writers who do uh, video production we did some documentary we're all under this in the same stadium really yeah. um especially when you're on a project it's a team effort yeah. an actor can't think i'm the star i command this it's a team effort when you film so i already had um a respect for an editor a runner a gaffer a producer so because I, I knew what that was like so then coming into it as an actor i feel like i can I can just really blend in and, and feel at home. So use your experience behind the camera when yeah. you're in front of the camera. But you quickly uh, was talking about self-tapes. What, what is a self-tape? A self-tape is an actor recording an audition themselves yeah. uh, at home or in their own space. So you, you need like a decent camera, uh, a decent microphone, uh, and the cast and director will send you the material, the sides, just like any other audition. Um, and you'll usually have a couple of days to prep but instead of going in to meet them and they have the camera and they record you, you do it all yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's a quite a tricky task. It's not easy. These tapes used to be more common in like transatlantic business, you know. So if someone in America can't obviously fly to you or you fly to them, send them a tape. Um, but they're coming more popular because the industry is becoming more digital and yeah. online for obvious reasons. So that's what a self-tape is and they're, they're, they're tricky because you've got to do everything like when I say everything the obvious and then also directing yourself even more so now you have responsibility because you can go into an audition have a, a vision do it and then get directed to do something different but in a self self tape you don't get any of that you might get some notes to say this is how I'd like it but it's still tough on the day to have the confidence to press record make sure your mic's good and go through with it yeah um and then if you're like me as well which is not a good thing a perfectionist you'll just do take off the take off the take right and because you know you can do that you've got the time but it's not good because in an audition psychologically you know you only might get one or two takes 
So you might even perform better in an audition. I feel like kind of do. I feel like self tapes have taken me a while to really be disciplined and be like, right, you, Dave, you're doing two takes <laughs> and you're leaving it. I don't care. But it's hard because you know you can. Yeah, because you can. You can. You know in your back of your head, I can do one more. Yeah. So the fear in an all live audition, I like. Yeah. Because it kind of makes you better. But that's what a self tape is. Wicked. And and you're saying that you were saying to me before we play record that sounds quite important as well. That that, that that's the thing that people need to focus on as well. It doesn't just need to look good. Yeah, it can't it, it can't just look. Good. It's got to sound good, and you got to frame it correctly. You know, there um, certain cast directors are quite particular with even your reader. You need they want the reader to almost be mute. And you really got to be very prominent in in the uh, in the self tape, um, like I said, framing, um, lighting as well. You've got to make sure it's most of the time natural light, even light. Um, so it's it's tough for an actor to to get all that organised, like to get a reader. The yeah. amount of times I've panicked, like I've got twenty four hours to get, and I'm calling up bare people, Jesse. Uh, Jamie what are you doing what are you doing can you ah you can't okay Cheryl what are you doing Um, because they do want to read I've tried once or twice and it doesn't really work but you can record your lines on a separate mic time it so then you do you know what I mean like you record the other person's lines as as them and then but then that kind of can be quite stagnant because then there's no freedom to go in a moment yeah say a reader adds some little touch nuance uh, and then you do something different. Whereas if you do the way I just said, uh, it's not wise. So yeah. try and always have someone to, to read with you. It's tough. Yeah. So you, and you've got to direct them as well, I guess, if you want to get a different effect. Like if you want to have a, some, a, like if your character gets annoyed by them, I suppose you might yeah. want them to be slightly more annoying, for example, or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And you don't want them to overdo it either. So um, the self-tape is a beast um so hats off to people doing it who have been doing it um but that's the reality now of the business so i mean i'm thinking myself to at some point try and set up uh a thing where i can help people with that so um when i'm not busy maybe tutor people on self because i feel like i'm i'm pretty good at it now i've been doing it for a few years um and it's the future like it really is yeah auditioning te- in, in general i feel like i'm getting better at it um so i'd love to teach people audition technique in the future nice um when i was looking at the history like your imdb because obviously that's that's where you go to check out actors right yeah i noticed that you had credits under a slightly different name oh yeah yeah what was that name and 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 why did you swap over to david avery eventually so that name my my name is surname is chrysanthi that's my my dad's family name uh david chrysanthi so I, i changed my surname to avery about is after about two, three years of acting. I did it because my heritage is quite mixed, So, but the name is quite Greek. Yeah. And I just found and felt like I was being pigeonholed. So the change of the name was to not be pigeonholed, basically, yeah. in, in a nutshell. Um, and other reasons, like it's a bit long, it's a bit hard to spell. You don't, and, and when you don't, when you feel like you don't have any breaks... You you want to like narrow down any reasons for people not to say yes. So some people might be like, "Oh, it's just a name." But in the business, it's for me. I'm like, I, I don't want to give him any excuse to think oh, his name's just too long. If it's me and the other guy, oh, his name's just too long. I'm like, I'm not. I don't want them to have that 
that space so um to change it was for that as well uh uh and yeah mainly like i said um to just have a bit more of a generic name to to um to fit other parts yeah so um and that's the nature of the beast you know and i don't necessarily i'm not ashamed of my name or anything like that um it's just you you moving with how the industry is yeah and that's at the time how i felt i had to move so i changed my name fair enough i mean was david chrysanthu getting a lot of kebab kebab (laughs) (laughs) kebab man rolls yeah yeah yeah. and it 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 definitely helped though i mean i got the in-betweeners movie at the time and i was a stereotypically greek character nikos the waiter so you know love to the name and love to that but uh it's business um and um so it yeah i just felt like it had to change um that's it do you think that's one of probably the strangest typecastings to get kebab kebab seller <laughs> like you would i suppose you wouldn't want to be typecast as, as 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 a kebab guy for the whole yeah year. exactly exactly um you didn't find that insulting at all did you no nah, no nah, i mean especially when you start out you know you you've got to do the small roles and and there are stereotypes out there and you know it's i don't i don't take offense to it too much because it's the nature of how it goes because the goal ultimately is to then get the bigger parts bigger yeah. parts and then one day i can start commissioning people to write stuff that might have more depth or or um or continue working with existing people that don't stereotype so no it's it's fine as long as it isn't too offensive or malicious and i've, I've been i think i've been lucky to navigate away from those things you know it was a comedy it was a silly film yeah and and but Ed, it did help me get in the door after that because that film was like number one um for a long time i think for the weekend it broke a box office record yeah um so you gotta play the game yeah yeah do you think that was that was one of the defining moments in you sort of leveling up in your career doing roles like that i think that was but i think the 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 biggest one for me so far has been startup i think that film was a learning experience um working with the caliber of the cast on that like jack and ben jala chin um anthony welsh and everyone else um for me i was like i look up to these guys and now i'm working with them and i was a huge confidence booster the film did really well so that was a slightly bigger break got me in the room got people talking about that part it was a good part as well it was very you know it was nothing to do with any uh it wasn't stereotype is actually very different he was a he was a gay character in the film um or maybe he's in prison and gay i don't know you know it's, it could be different but mm. um that was a challenge for me as a heterosexual man doing that but um but then it it wasn't a challenge in the sense that i don't um i'm you know i'm, I'm not homophobic and I, I don't care about that i'll do what i have to do mm. but it's a challenge as an actor to to be in a room with ben mendelson and and like have love for this man yeah like that that was a challenge but it boosted everything boosted my confidence and um yeah my cv yeah what was it like going from a comedy role in 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 between us to like this hard this movie full of like hard-boiled characters like was it quite a shock to the system being on a different set um a little bit a little bit and that was like very minimal set as well start up like it was we shot in a prison our our um we didn't have like um everyone had a cell as their where they would chill like there was no like outside 
bus or truck where there was green rooms like everyone had a cell so there were no trailers no no trailers there was one bus that served food and that was it and then we were literally on this uh in this prison from yeah from like you know seven in the morning to eight at night and the hotel was down the road but um during the days we were all on set you know i'm not gonna say living the prison life because nah i'd be i'd be a div to say that but but we were there we were in the prison you know there was no um you know we didn't have heaters it was february it was cold um but it all enhanced the experience yeah um so to go yeah from in between us on a beach in mallorca was nice and then to go in a prison it was cold but it's why we do it man it's it changes everything up and it was exciting you've also done quite a lot of online stuff as well not only online stuff couple of seasons that have made it to tv as well right crossed over how important do you think the online world is now to sort of act to professional acting it's very important and um it's helped my career i can't i can't deny it so i did brothers with no game well before that actually i did a series called sophia's diary that was one of my first credits and that was a web series that got picked up to tv and it was one of the first ever actually i think sony helped that happen so I already, before Brothers, I knew that the web was like this, you know, it's coming up kind of world. And then with the Brothers of No Game, I love their vision, their idea, and it just made sense. Um, I don't think we did expect it to get as far as it did. We knew it'd do well, and we'd enjoy it, but to get to TV was, you know, a really big compliment. But it is so important, the web now, and, and it's come its own, it's become its own beast, like you can kind of start on the web and stay on the web now, which is quite amazing. Whereas some people use it to leverage, you know, then going to TV or going to film or getting popular popularity somewhere else. Whereas content creators online are just have figured out they've, they've now made it so that I bring the audience, I bring the money in, I'll bring the advertiser in, you pay me and I can just keep making content, whether yeah. you're a vlogger or a web series um, maker. So, as an actor though i think for me it's been more of um a launch pad like you know i'm not creating the content so but it's great if you do want to get some screen time as an actor i wouldn't turn turn your nose up to it you know make sure the content's good quality because that's that's the only thing you've got to kind of watch for is that because everyone can do it yeah you know, you might might have someone that's not trained properly, or just just not not not, not trained, but like not uh, respectful of the craft. They might think, ah, oh, it's only the web. I won't have that light, or I won't have that mic. And it's like, no, you you gotta have the mic, gotta have the lights, mm. gotta have the best script you can. Don't skip on quality just because it's online. Yeah. If anything, you've got to be better to stand out amongst everyone else. So everything's got to be better. Better. So as an actor, if you're coming up, I say do it. Do, do the online stuff align yourself with creatives that share your vision and good stuff will come yeah and brothers with no game I think that was one of the first things I I remember seeing you on and being like <laughs> what is this show like I need <laughs> to I need to watch the rest of this I know uh, he had a wicked name as well that character great, great <laughs> strong strong, strong name. name strong name warlike name what's his War- name again Marcus Marcos Marcos <laughs> Yeah, what was that like? Because that looked like a really well put together program. Again, that made it to television as well, didn't it? That transitioned over to to London Live. Yeah. What was it like working on that project? Because that was kind of 
a hybrid of comedy and drama, I feel like. There were some bits in it that were quite serious, but they're also really funny at the same time. It was refreshing. It was refreshing because I don't... It, it filled that void, and that was why we, we loved it. We were like, this is... this is. It's kind of like... It's, com- it's familiar with us because we are those guys. Average London guys, they don't have to be rough. They don't have to be hoodies. They don't have to be... And they don't have to be... And this is what the show was playing on, that they don't have to be gallus, they don't have to be so good with women. They're actually quite bad, and they're just average dudes. And no one else is doing that. So it was refreshing, and I knew my friends would like it. And that was, I was like, as long as they like it, that's the beginning, really. That's as as long as they like it. And um, the set was great. You know, the writers were guys like you and me who they weren't writing something fictional they were writing their own experiences so it was truthful we we were all friends straight away so there was um okay yeah so your character was marcus he was the fashion intern right yeah so these guys these are based on real like the writers pretty much to the to the to the dot it was uh and there was experiences i mean like episode one with the hesky role that yeah. happened to yeah. one of the brothers, the writers, where he got, to, you know, he had to drop and take a girl from Peckham to North and, you know, feeling like a chump and all that happened. Let's put this in a frame, though. It's, it's, this is great. And this doesn't spoil the show. The character has to take a girl from South London, drop her off in North London for some next to, guy. to a guy's ha- to another guy's, to house, another guy's house. And he waited outside. He, he did everything. Uh, he, he, no, he took her out. That was it. That night yeah. as friends. And the night's going quite well. He's not for him. He wants more, but she's happy. Yeah. And she gets a call from, uh, you know, a man. And uh, he's like, come round. She knows the deal. He knows the deal. But then the- Theo, who's the character, is the guy to transport her <laughs> to him. And, you know, a lot of guys are like, nah, never me. Never me. But Theo did it. He had his reasons. Yeah. He ushered her there. And um, it was just hilarious. It wow, was, it's it's a great show, like, and it's still out there as well. It's still getting it's still hits, online, and, like, still there hits. are still people discovering it as well. Like when I was having a look yeah. at it before meeting up with you, just refreshing myself. There are still people commenting like, "Oh my, how have I just found this? This is a yeah. this is so funny." Yeah, and it's like four four years ago now that that, that four came years out. Ago it's still really relevant material. Yeah, and that's what's good about the web. Like to go back to that, it's that it's kind of out there forever, and new people can discover it all the time. They can watch it when they want. Um, and it's powerful you know it doesn't have to be a time and a place on a tv channel and then you gotta like go and find it or buy the box or whatever like it's up there forever yeah so i think that's really powerful and if you dig deep enough you can find uh, a video of david punching a zombie <sighs> what she was a fucking zombie huh punching a zombie yeah <laughs> You you did the you did you dug yeah that was one of your earlier pieces of work though wasn't it that was um, house party house uh, zombie is it zombie house party six house party of the dead I can't remember the name. house five party of the six. dead five or six yeah so this guy uh, Andy Edwards I believe a uh, good guy writer director he had this series of horror films short films and yeah that was like very early days mm. um, it seemed fun and um, I did it and yeah we play it I played some funny guy <laughs> in a tracksuit in a house with other characters that's getting attacked by zombies yeah yeah good bit of fun but um yeah good so let's fun. fast forward uh back so brothers are no game 
let's talk about your journey from there all the way to to the night manager and sort of the last year or so. You've done a lot. Boy, yeah, it has. Um, you can give us the long version as well. We've got time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess um, so brothers happen then London Life came in and, um, you know, helped boost the show, the guys and obviously everyone's profile who's on it. Is that really important? The fact that your the Brothers in Our Game was so well made, was that what helped it transition to TV quite well? I think so, because it was season two that primarily got us picked up by a channel. And right. season two, we invested, well, the guys invested um, in better cameras uh, and more help and other people. So the goal, I mean, we, we all, we didn't get paid. You know, there was there was no check for the actors, but we did it out of the love and, and with the vision that this would take it into a... A, a bigger thing yeah so yeah season two helped to get picked up and then got got us more exposure for me personally at the, t- at the similar time that's when startup came so i was doing other bits on the side it wasn't just relying on the brothers for no game um because again i didn't want to be pigeonholed uh not just ethnically but as an actor like mm. I, I want to do comedy I want to do drama I see them as the same thing I don't really separate them um, so you just need to know how to like to know the tone of stuff and as a, but you can exist in it as an actor quite easily if you don't separate them because even because dra- the best comedy comes from conflicts and the best drama has like pain in it or, or laughter as well like they're the same thing so um but yeah, going back to uh, so your brothers start up, um, then came just uh, like small parts. I think, um, and I'm still to this day even maybe doing small parts in bigger things. But it's like the night manager was two episodes, but it was it was big enough to get some attention. So that you know, I remember reading an article on IMDb recently about someone talking about there's no such thing as small parts or like you know don't turn it down. Yeah. Um, and they're so right you know you got to build and build and build I did a few episodes of 24 small part few lines but that got that got me scenes with Kiva Sutherland you know so you got to like collect along the way do the do you your graft um, and then yeah and then something will come up bigger and it will just snowball mm. um, and then the night manager yeah has been on set with Tom Hiddleston Hugh Laurie like they're just bad actors like so good so so good um and david harewood's another name to shout who knew about brothers and no game actually so when we met out in morocco he was like you're the marcus remember? and i was like yeah you know you know about us he's like yeah you know i tweeted and you know uh i see the show and blah blah so that was that was like a circle just i come full circle like here's me doing small things um and then having someone like david harewood to validate that and, it, and on a bigger job like the night manager just felt like this is this is what this is what i've been working for yeah and that also proves like you said the web is a powerful tool and the so. web is a powerful tool so when i say small job by the way i'm that's not a, a detrimental thing um whatsoever because the web i've just you know proved myself right in terms of it's a powerful thing so yeah, yeah with someone like david harewood out there watching and people are watching you know some the industry might not make like let you know it's watching the web but they're watching trust me there are people out there watching closely at the young people making stuff yeah so they're watching so it's not don't think just, just your nan's gonna watch it or your boys <laughs> like you someone will see if, if it's good it'll stand out 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Yeah. These like what how did you feel be honest when you found out you're going to be working with, you know, Mr. Hiddleston yeah. and Mr. Laurie? A.K.A. House, House. and L- Loki, Loki, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel super villains. Yeah, what did you do? Like, <laughs> I would have gone ape shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just I I tried to keep it cool because because there was a lot of readings, there was a lot of rounds, so I was I was in the room with them, you know, in the, in the general reading, but I didn't have the part, so I still had to be like i'm here i'm kind of here i've got this far but i still don't have the part so keep it cool just keep it focused and you know the universe went my way and i got the part so yeah um and then hell yeah i was excited <laughs> yeah. simple as that I, I um called my mom as i do every time i get a job i call my mom it's yeah the snap she'll scream and whatnot um but like but this is why I'm grafting. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like I'm pinching myself, but at the same time, you got to remember, like, no, you're working for this though. Yeah. So then when you get on set, you can't be too much like, Mr. Laurie, hi. <laughs> you know, because um, I'm fans of these guys as well. Yeah. But, you know, then you got to be like, no, nah, okay, right, let's get down to business. And they're wicked. You know, when you work with um, people you, you admire, they're just human. Yeah. So you, you, you just realize that um, you don't need to, like, be so um like revere them but don't revere them like they're superhuman you know they're they're just regular people and then when you see them work it's very endearing actually like hugh laurie huge perfectionist like he's doing an amazing job but he you'll see personally he's like it's not good enough and you're like dude it's good but he's just making it better and better and better so it makes you think raw okay like i can you know if, if i'm not happy that's okay to to want to make it better or if i fluff a line it's okay like the the pros do it you know we we only see the finished gloss version so we, we see them as like gods but nah they've they have their bad days and they have uh whatever so it should boost your confidence 
Yeah, it's not all done in one take. Very rarely. (laughs) Yeah, very rarely. They have their prep and their their way of doing it. And it's um, even the most natural gifted person has to train it somehow. They don't just get on there and they just, you know, they've all earned it. Yeah. You said they're both badass actors, uh, Tom and and Hugh. Like, you, you kind of gave us a hint of what makes you such a good actor like his perfectionism what about tom as well tom same applies um he i mean he's he was just constantly trying because they exec produced it as well okay so they were produced so yeah so they had the power to really kind of um add not just you know uh character notes and, and acting moments but they had the ability to to change a uh, scene completely uh, a location if they wanted to if they weren't happy and seeing tom in that respect um you know even our death scene at the end he adjusted to make it as epic as possible and i saw him um saw him do that so he's always wanting to make things just you use everything around you so like that pool where he drowns me like that was debated whether we were even going to use it and he was like we have to use it we have to so he fought for that and i respect that a lot so both absolute professionals um very confident very nice people as well uh david harewood olivia coleman as well lovely people and um just like thank god we got them like you know good strong british talent yeah 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 what was it like beating each other up as well <laughs> it was i love those i love that i love getting kind of like in 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 the action um we rehearsed it a few times and i'm i'm the crazy guy to be like just do it to me hit me like I'm, I, you know, and I shouldn't <laughs> so much, but I'm just like, let's make it real. Like as long as obviously you don't cut me or whatever. Yeah. I'm like some people are a bit more like, is that okay? Are you sure? And I'm more <laughs> like, do it, man. I've got an older brother who's beating me up for years, <laughs> and I'm from Birmingham, and I can take care of myself. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. So it was fun, and as long as it looks good, then I don't break any bones. I'm good. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a. Oh, it was a Sunday night watch, but it kept you on the edge of your seat, man. <laughs> it was it was very serious, and um, yeah. you you were speaking another language in it as well. Yeah, I was speaking uh, Arabic, Egyptian Arabic, to okay. be, to be right. specific. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've got family, quite distant family that um, that speak Arabic and. Cypriot itself has got a lot of influence from the Arabic language as well as, uh, say, Greek language as well, and Turkish. So um, I did have to um, kind of learn that from scratch, and I had a lot of help from from good friends. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't going to stand in my way whatsoever. But now it's great because I've picked up a kind of basic knowledge of the Arabic um, of Arabic, and also. I could have, if I wanted to be lazy, I could have settled for generic Arabic, which to say a European audience, they wouldn't have known, but Egyptian Arabic is, is different, just like different regions of Arabic is very different to yeah. uh, if you're a native speaker. So I wanted to give it that respect as well and, and learn, you know, because Freddie's Egyptian, like what would he say? So, but yeah, now it's like I want to, I, I keep that muscle working. Like I, I'm trying to improve my Arabic. I'm trying to learn more greek i'm trying to learn more turkish because that's quite different um but yeah so it's all good wicked that's a night manager like honestly if you want to uh was it i think it's definitely edge of your seat gripping 
Yes. I hate it when people throw that around, but it does keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. It's a gripping thing to watch. Yeah. Six episodes of like espionage, spy, subtlety, like if you like Bond films especially, and I think you, you like more of the kind of intenseness, um, then you're like, yeah, you're like the night manager. And and just wicked act like yeah, the guys like Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie Hugh Laurie and Olivia Coleman for me was particularly spectacular because they we saw them in different outside of their comfort zone like with Hugh Lauren I know that's why he really wanted the part because this was a horrible guy but yeah. he was charming and he was effortless and I'd never seen him like that and then Olivia Coleman as well to play someone at the same time so uh, vulnerable and maternal because she was pregnant but then have this strength of the kind of just boots on the ground uh, law enforcement officer so they both like just blew it away so yeah. if you yeah if you like good acting good directing some pretty scenery and and I'm in there I'm, I'm amongst in there I'm, I'm in yeah. there a little bit you, you so. get involved I get involved I you get definitely involved. stir the pot yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. and then um, obviously if you're into laughing though we've got your, your latest show which is literally out now as we're recording yeah. this Borderline yes <laughs> Borderline <laughs> so um Tell us about Tarek in Borderline then. What is Borderline about actually? Okay, Borderline is about border agents that work at a fictional airport called North End Airport. And it's a small airport. It's not your Gatwick's. It's not your Heathrow's. It's, it could be anywhere in England, really. Just outside. It's in the sticks. and um, But they still have to adhere to certain protocol um, uh, like you know keeping people safe what kind of people do we let in they have the visa whatever and it's just very topical so with immigration with the eu is very topical subjects but when we made it the writers had that in mind but it wasn't just about like oh let's let's make this uh in tandem with the referendum or anything like that it was like this will be good to get people in but the show is just about regular workers doing a tough job really and Tarek uh he's an agent he's worked there for a few years but he wants to be a dj really i'm agent Tarek mansour uh, i'm a dj dj merlin hit me up i do events uh last one i did was for some a-level college students uh one of them said the granddad was michael kane or something so networking like really and truly he wants to be a dj um and i what i particularly liked about him was that i could relate in terms of I've worked jobs while trying to be an actor. So same same thing. Working in uh, I've worked every I've worked in home base, office, the IMAX cinema. Uh I've done promo jobs. So you're working a job that you're not you're loving, but on the side you're going to an audition. So it's the same thing with him. He's a border agent, but then he'll go home make a beat. Or um or from the show he uses the cameras as a bit of a cuz it's a mockumentary. He'll use the cameras as a bit of a promo like i'm dj merlin um but whether he's good or not you'll find out because actually it goes into that later in the series okay and uh he might have a career who knows or he might be stuck there i don't know yeah i mean what was it like working on a retro scripted show like that where you kind of get to take the reins yeah fun i think this is where um brothers no game helped me a lot actually because that was scripted but we had some room to improv so i was kind of prepared from that even though I haven't done it for a few years because I've been doing more drama. Um, and why that was helpful as well is because the cast, especially David Elms and Liz Kingsman, who uh, is uh, Clive and Andy on the show, 
they are comedian improvisers like very very good at it. they do it all day long inside out uh and the writers and the directors were as well so coming into it they like they were top of the game and the rehearsals were intense like they knew how to just work a room and do this with the scene and i'm more used to i have I, it's actually a luxury if you get rehearsals it, with a lot of jobs that i've done you just kind of come in you do your job and and that's it so i had to up my game i had to just kind of like bring back the feeling that we had on brothers no game um but it ended up being really good it ended up being that we would rehearse a scene get it to what we wanted and then on the day would film it get a few takes everyone was happy with and then it would be like okay this one's a free one this one do whatever you like and uh, it can be intimidating at first and quite like oh my god like all the pressures on and but as the shoot went on by the third week we were like we, we were feeling very confident and we knew our characters we knew the space we, and then you start learning your your fellow actors as well so then that's even better to then you know poke them and try and trip them up in a good way um and get good material so uh the freedom that those guys had and that the channel gave them was unique and um good to to make something very natural very real and very honest so thank you to the channel that gave them that and hopefully that continues yeah what was the hardest part about about creating Tarek the character when you're working with the production team to sort of form this character that you can sort of take off script whilst also keep into the storyline that they want you to um i think maybe out of all the characters um i mean i i think my take on Tarek was slightly different to how they vision, uh, envisioned it at first um he's more kind of streetwise than academic um but i didn't want him to be a clown and i felt that was quite important um so he had to be funny he had to have flaws but i don't yeah i don't want him to to end up coming out kind of ali g-esque who is you know a genius for yeah. what he's done but it, it can't be too clowny like um so i was conscious about that and i wanted to um have some vulnerability in there and like you know i kind of try and this is me trying to sound you know very artistic now but um with all the characters i do um i will always try and include i mean i'll try and veer away from stereotypes as much as possible so what the point i'm trying to make is that Tarek could easily be a london guy but i don't want him to be aggressive then he doesn't have to be aggressive doesn't have to be a, a stupid clown he can be vulnerable and he can be intelligent you know and it, and i want to see that more and um we're seeing that more but then there's times when we don't see that so the same with freddie in the night manager he was tiny but even in that last episode he's a horrible dude and i did but i didn't want it to be angry arab man you know that's just not right he's got to be even though he's horrible we've got to show why he's horrible not he's not horrible because he's arab that's wrong you know and it, and so for anyone that has that filter um which is the minority i I want to challenge that and just like make sure that doesn't happen. And then you know, so thankfully the people that hire you will see you do that and give you the chance. So same with Tarek, you know. Doesn't have to be too stupid. He can be he can be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that's quite a bull, like for me, I don't know, I feel like that's quite ballsy. Well, it wasn't with Tarek, it wasn't that they had something and I changed it. Yeah. It was that they had the the, the seeds of it and i i just run with it with, with something else so it's never a thing i've been like i'm gonna like yeah. it's never that like 
the, these jobs have all had the the foundation and that's that's his job to go in and just grow on it and make it and make it better and um so yeah with Tarek they had a vision for it um and thankfully they gave me that that space to to then do something maybe slightly like I've said um but then but then I'm yeah this is where like even though I've hated most of my jobs I've done to 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 get in like when I say my like my day job yeah um it's helped though because when a character like Tarek comes up I don't. I haven't had to go and research him. I know who Tarek is. I know who Marcus is on Brothers of No Game. Like I am that guy. So they, they, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they see that in me. So not only can I act, but I can bring life experience. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, sh- not ashamed of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, after, after watching the first episode, I had an inkling that your character is going to have some interesting developments. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what do you mean? I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I felt like love was in the air for Tarek at some point in the in the season. Hey man, you know he, um, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think um, Andy is. Uh, I mean, they have a good friendship in the show. You'll see what happens later on. I won't give too much away. Yeah, but um, what was f- interesting is that we talked about, uh, you know, kind of youngsters that might work in those jobs. Like Andy, for example, sh- she was not getting to be there as long as she's been. But in the kind of economical climate uh, we're in, she probably had to stay another year or two. Yeah. Because she's overqualified. Whereas Tarek, he'll be there a good run because he doesn't have the same education. So it's like a girl in front of him in this job that's kind of out of his league but you know uh, the universe has granted him this bit more time yeah. to to you know because I don't think they'd meet each other outside of the job and hit it off I don't think that would be the case I think the case is that she sees that he's not that bad you know he's um, he's quite nice you can be maybe a bit vain at times but that extra time has allowed them to come clo- become closer yeah. or will they come closer um and then also just the, 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 the environment you'll see like some absurd things that happen in the office. They're kind of like the eyes of the audience. Like they know, like, oh my God, Grant profiles. Oh, what a silly movie. <laughs> like they know that. Um, so they kind of bond over that as well. But yeah, keep watching and you'll see what happens with that. Okay, yeah, Borderline is it's very, very funny if it's that sort of, it's that, well, it's like it's that documentary style comedy, like you said. Yeah, it's hilarious. Style. Mockumentary, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you've done a lot. You've done comedy. You've done, um, you know, drama. What do you want to get like buy into next? Is there anything Ooh. that you just feel like, oh, I'd love to have a go at that? Oh man, um, I just I haven't thought about that actually. I haven't thought about what. I mean, I love sci-fi. I don't know if that counts. I, I love science yeah. fiction. So anything in that genre would be pretty sick. Um, Star Trek. Oh man, I'm a, I'm I'm a Trekkie before Star Wars. You know, like I'm more Trekkie. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I I yeah. I mean, the Star Wars is is heavy, and the special. I thought the latest film was very good. Yeah. And John smacked it, by the way. Yeah. Um. But I am a Trekkie. Okay. I'm a Trekkie. I don't know why I'm a Trekkie. My dad was a Trekkie. Maybe that's why. Did you used to watch the Next Generation? That was your. What did you used to watch the original? I was more original. And I actually watched more uh, shows like, um, was it Sliders and Quantum Leap? I don't know if anyone remembers those shows. Sliders. Sliders and Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Oh boy. Yeah. Was that, was that, was that the 
catchphrase in Quantum Leap. Um, oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Al, the guy that was oh, like yeah. navigating him around. So He ended up being in Star Trek though, didn't he? He ended up being in he, a version yeah, of Star Trek. I think he was, yeah. yeah. He ended up um, one of the later generations. Yeah. But I was more original series. Okay. And then when Patrick Stewart did the films, I mean, I like, preferred the films. Um, so, yeah, man. If I could get in a <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> film, that would be big. That would be... Yeah. Very exciting. Would you want to be uh, part of the Starship Enterprise or would you want to be an evil character? Because you could do or, both. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I do like doing the bad guys or, or like the, the guy you don't know and can kind of be the suspect in the film. It's just, it's just, it's just more, I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's more room to kind of be autonomous as well. Like if you're the good guy, I, I imagine when you play the good guy, like these really big blockbuster, big good guys, like Chris Pine does them really well. But they, they're very tough because the audience, you know, really do have to stick with you and um, be on your side. So I feel like with a bad guy, though, you can decide like, yeah, actually it's a challenge to try and win the audience and have fun with it and break some rules. So I feel like the, the you know, the, the good guy can break less rules, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Was it? But, then, but, but then when they nail it, though, they can kind of do it man i'm just yeah it's tough yeah. it's tough actually i'm just trying to think of um i mean like die hard is a, is a bruce willis is kind of good at that fifth elements shout out fifth element everyone knows that film yeah that's a sci-fi film i love and he's like a flawed anti-hero and he does that well but he's always like the everyman bruce willis is yeah. good at doing the everyman what's your favorite sci-fi film then fifth element is fifth one element, i must yeah. shamelessly say um was 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 one of my favorites uh of recent like looper if anyone remembers looper yeah another bruce willis another film. bruce willis actually yeah. yeah yeah i thought that was really good for time travel film concept um there's an indie film called coherence that is just super clever super basic um about a house party that just gets swept up in this kind of like um uh time is quantum leap of time so it's like other universes <laughs> It's like a like a mirror up next to each other. So then you get people, your your yourself in another dimension comes into your dimension, and they just keep changing. It's really hard to explain, but okay. if you can go and watch Coherence, and you like indie films, go watch Coherence. And you like sci-fi and sci-fi, and you like interdimensional travel into yeah, and, and like Interstellar. Oh, is another oh, yeah. big one. Oh yeah, Nolan knows what he's doing. Um, Primer. Prime is a good one. What's that about? That's another indie time travel film. Okay. About a group of friends that invent time travel, but it's told from a story of how it's like, it's like Facebook, like the social network, how they invent something that like will change the world. So they invent time travel and it just shows how their friendship amongst the, each other is like challenged. And um, so it, it never really goes into anything too fantasy about time travel. They've just invented it. And it's like, what happens to these friends because they invented it? I mean, it's quite geeky. Mm. I've got a big geek side. So, okay, yeah, if you've got the patience, watch that as well. Primer. Wicked. So, yeah, you're big into your sci-fi. I mean, do you spend a lot of time outside of work now really focusing on developing your acting as well? Are you always sort of working on your craft? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm lucky to, to do it whereby, um, like, I'm auditioning every other week or I'm taping, taping every other week. So... In that is like the training. So I'm not like going somewhere else to train. Uh, I'm being kept kind of um, at work by constantly auditioning. Wicked. Um, 
and yeah i mean i'll, I'll watch a, bu a bunch of things and if i have more time i think i will go out and maybe just like try and work with different people um but the training i had when i did my masters was the is the only formal training i've had um but yeah when you're on a job you're training so yeah. i don't think like i'm done and i'm perfect by no means like i've got a lot still wicked to learn i reckon i'll see you on a big screen i don't say this everyone i reckon i'll I'll be, I'll be going to that to that imax that you said you used to work at yeah the IMAX. <laughs> you think you'd like to go back there if if, if you're on at the imax and just yeah. be like used to work at that bar. yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> man absolutely i poured them pints of that popcorn and it would be nice to be on the other side at like a premiere or something yeah yeah i mean because they do some nice premieres there man I've yeah they, yeah they, they do they do some some premieres like tom cruise loves that place and we've had him we had him a few times and he's very nice you know very yeah. nice guy very respectful and um so yeah if i could be on the other side where's my popcorn it. where's my popcorn <laughs> god damn it yeah yeah oh, cool hit thingy i know he works here still <laughs> call him call him don't you know this face <laughs> what would you say is a big key bit of advice for someone who wants to get into the world of acting boy um like use what's around you um so like i said earlier about seek an agent seek people that share your vision so if it's like online creators or cast and directors get a good agent that's going to help that make that happen that's going to get you auditions but there's a lot of work you can do on the side so this is the kind of practical side of things but like even social media like i it took me a long time to go on social media i kind of rejected it for a while yeah but it can help so even just something like twitter get on there it's it's a free, it's free to announce yourself to the world so and people are on there good creatives so i'm not saying that you just you're just going to tweet jj abrams and he's going to reply i'm not saying that <laughs> what i'm saying is you can get on there and just start building so i you know I wouldn't have met the Brothers of No Game if I hadn't gone on Twitter. Like literally the, the same month I signed up, the Brothers of No Game, I followed them, became fans of their blog and it went from there. So that same thing can happen still. So use everything around you to, to promote yourself. Um, like technically as an actor, get some training if you can. You don't have to get the formal training. I don't think you do. But um you do need to get some training just to respect the craft and it will help you in the long term because you can have a fire for it you can have an energy for it but <clears throat> you do need to know for example when you might need to change an accent up or start learning about your body so then you can change your character up because these things i mean i'll be honest when i started i was a bit uppity to that as in i was like oh, i don't need to change my like what are you talking about my body my core what are you talking about i was like i don't i don't get it but you learn it's true like you learn how about how you can move energy in your body and how that helps do your acting and that's what really will make a great actor so anywhere you can source that from even if you've got a friend that does acting or a friend that does like chakra stuff yoga or anything like that because they talk they teach that in the drama schools just learn about that and um what else what else uh just yeah i mean the audition the auditions are the practice really and i know it's hard to get auditions um maybe you just have to do mock auditions for yourself if you want to get better auditioning or be ready for that one audition out of six months because i know what that's like as well you might have one out of a few months and then you put pressure on yourself for that one audition it's not good because then when you have now when you have like one every week you can just get down do them and forget about it but that 
helps you in a big way your confidence but do like try and learn a monologue every week try and um do a scene with someone practice your scenes get yourself on cameras and have a big one sorry i'm talking a lot here but all right um a big one is if you want to do screen acting you might want to do theater but if you want to do screen acting get yourself in front of a camera not in just a selfie way but in a professional way watch yourself watch your face watch your body and be um you know your biggest critic and um and just read as much as you can but it's possible if you're coming from privilege or not i think it's possible so wicked um pretty good at monologues though aren't you like you've got a little bit of success <laughs> of your monologues david a little you? bit little bit yeah like uh, was it monologue slam monologue slam 2012 2012 so that's another one go to events as well so yeah. monologue slam big up to them uh they're jimmy akabola who does that and triforce um i mean i was scared of that actually the concert i went with a friend of mine and we watched it and i was like right that is scary but amazing at the same time they've got a good panel there they've got a good audience i was like i actually want to do this so yeah i got a monologue together applied and uh 2012 i think it was june edition i did a one there's a one minute round and a three minute round i did the one minute round so i mean the three minutes are the big boys at that time i was one minute i was like i'm, I'm let me start here yeah. but i won the, the first time i was there i was what i won um I did a little monologue and it was wicked. Like, just, what was the monologue from? The monologue was from a play, an American play called Nowhere in America by uh, by Bathsheba Doran. And it's basically about a guy whose wife watches too much TV and he's sick and tired of just screens and TV. And, and like he loves to read and now he doesn't read anymore because he's like got into this monotonous life of just watching TV and whatever. So he it's a scene with his wife and he just loses his stuff. Um but it's like a it's like a bubble it, bu- it bubbles. So yeah. it starts off kind of cool, maybe even sarcastic and then he just loses it. Yeah. So um that's what that that monologue was. And then I I got invited back to do the 3 minute and the bigger ones and then uh, I didn't win again, but I had fun with it. Yeah. And that's good to do if you're starting out. Yeah. Have have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Um. So when you do get a bit of downtime, how do you like to kill some time? We've got a brother podcast called How to Kill an Hour. Yeah. Well, I I've listened to those podcasts by the way. Yeah. And they're wicked. So a little bit different to this, aren't they? They different, are different tone. They are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I love listening to podcasts. We were saying earlier, like yeah. I'll, I'll turn that on when I'm doing anything, cooking, whatever. Mm. Like um, they're really they're really good. Uh, what else do I do? I mean oh man um I, I love watching films you know what recently i've just been a lot very like business focused so i'm i, I nothing interesting really i literally i'm just always learning lines or um self-taping um i chill with my friends a lot if i get time i like, i'll definitely make time for my friends um what else i cycle i cycle a lot in london yeah. i love cycling i know some people hate cyclists i'm a driver as well so i don't worry like, you didn't look like a cyclist you weren't like lycra clad no with, i'm not with an that. angry face and a gopro no. stuck to you no <laughs> GoPros. i'm not that guy i mean i go at a slug's pace um but yeah i just i psycho everywhere but um what else do i do i play games i'm a big gamer actually really what, what yeah. do you like to play 
I mean, even my old squad. Let me shout out the Warriors on the PS2 first of all. Like Rockstar, a, a sick company, and it had had some of the best games. So like Warriors is my best game ever on PS2. If anyone remembers that, um, what was it about? Warriors. It's based on a film from the seventies, The Warriors, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like gangs in New York, uh, and it follows the one gang called the Warriors from Coney Island. Who one night they go to like this meeting where um, the gangs are going to be united but someone assassinates the, the top guy. So then it, like chaos breaks loose and they've got to get back to Coney Island from say, I don't know geographically where it is, but they're like the other side of town. Right. And it's just the, the night. It's like the, the whole film is that night of them going back to their area through all these other gangs. And they pierced, uh, yeah, Rockstar made a game. Boy, that was like 10 years ago now uh, on a PS2. And that, it was wicked. The game's like a, like manhunt with wrestling and stealth and the music's from the 70s in there. It's just a really good game. So I'm a gamer. Um, what's the last games I've played? Like, I've got a PS3. I've played Far Cry. Grand Theft, obviously. Heavy Rain. So like kind of mystery games. I love that. That game, that game was like a movie. Like a, it was like, actually yeah. like a movie. It was one of the first. Yeah, it was, a, it was a dark, chapters, yeah, it yeah. was a dark, dark game. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like um, Seven. I felt like it had yeah. the essence of Seven, that classic sort of That's a really good um, grim film. Yeah, Seven. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I might go back and play that Heavy Rain. Yeah. That is a deep, bit. not the, not the lightest game. You ain't really no, gonna, no, yeah, you're not going to walk out of playing that game and be like, hey, yeah. great mood. You're gonna it is kind of horrible, that storyline. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was a wicked game though. So you love a good story when you game. I like as a well. good story in a game, but then at the same time, I can just put on a, a good arcade game, yeah, and just have fun with that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite a big gamer. Pokemon Go, not yet, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and uh, but I'm seeing how fast this thing is catching fire, and I'm like, they always it's is that Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. Nintendo always do this, you know. Like, actually, you know what? No, it, it's. They're in it, but it's someone else. But it, is, it was originally a Nintendo so, game. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was originally Nintendo. But you, yeah. you know when like P- PS and Xbox get like heat, right? Yeah. And then and then and especially when the Wii came out, it never really like was hyped. It's like the Wii is cool, it's fun, yeah. But it yeah. kind of took a back seat, right? But I feel like whenever they do put something out, even if it's tiny, it just it would like delete everything else for a while, <laughs> and they just remind everyone that now nah, we we know we got some gems. Yeah. So like Pokemon. Which again, like I remember in school, Pokemon was big, and I thought it went away, and then it just come back. Mm. And um, with the Mario Kart stuff, like just the stuff that kind of has its time, then they kind of relax, and then they just come back with something that's like it's game changer stuff as well. It's not even like oh, we got this like wicked football game mm. where the the pad rumbles. Like no, they've what is it now? Like because Pokemon is orchestrated reality yeah yeah, yeah. Augmented. augmented reality so you yeah. you actually see the pikachu on the grass in mad. front of you mad and you can stop and take a picture next to it and then throw Six. a pokeball at it catch it you know you've got to catch them all yeah i think mean, it's crazy one of my mates came up to me in the gym and was like mate mate i was like are you all right like do you want spotting or do you want a bit of help with a machine or something <laughs> he goes nah there's a there's a clobster over there <laughs> like some sort of poker and he goes everyone here. just just letting you know in case you want to catch everyone it. yeah Oh yeah, one more thing actually, David. Okay. People um, will be wondering how you maintain your luxurious locks of hair. Oh my days. Uh, you've told me about this, but I think it's only sh- only right you share that with the listener. You've got a very special technique <laughs> to maintaining that, that, that look that you've got. So five 
women massage my scalp. I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, daily. No, no, no. Daily <laughs> massage scalp, scalp massages. Um, no, no, I've got, I mean, I never, I've never grown my hair as an adult. Um, I've always used to shave it and, um, and stuff like that. But I grew it a few years ago and, um, because my hair's mad. It's like, it's, th- and I'm not complaining by the way, because my brother's lost his hair <laughs> and I always feel guilty when I talk to him about this. But, um, no, my, it's hard to maintain. I'm quite lazy. I, I'm quite lazy. But um, my girlfriend introduced me to uh, some flaxseed gel, some natural flaxseed gel <laughs> that I make at home. It's homemade. It's cheap to make, but it's like the best for your hair. It's flaxseed. You boil it up. You take the gel that it produces after a few minutes. You mix it with like some her- like herbs and vitamins and sense and and it's like gel it's like a it's like a natural gel that's really good for your hair basically especially if you have like thick hair like myself and curly hair go go make some some flaxseed people yeah. go go, <laughs> go make some and does, does it last for quite a long time do you get quite a lot of flaxseed gel out of it you do so depending on like how how many flaxseeds you boil <laughs> <laughs> can't believe we're having this conversation um once you've boiled it let it cool down and you should put it in the fridge. So you should have it in the fridge all the time and it should last about a month. Let's say a regular, like, I don't know, 250 mil container. Yeah. Uh, it should last a month. Got, got okay. to keep it cold. And... So is that a requirement when you're on set now? Flaxseed? <laughs> or do you bring your own? Do you bring it Do you bring it to the stylist and be like, this is my flaxseed? I, I bring it myself because they do have problems. Like, I'm... I've, <laughs> hairdresser broke scissors on my hair man like so, what yeah like bl- well blunted okay. scissors on my hair and then they'll get so annoyed and i feel so bad so now i just bring my own stuff and i'll tell them what i do and they can still do what they like but i'm like look trust me this this kind of like relaxes it and blah 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 on a set of borderline actually the first day i was in the um makeup room and um she was going through my hair uh, the makeup artist and there was David Elms who plays Clive he's like in the other corner and I didn't think he could hear me but like I'm on the like I was like yeah you know I use I use flaxy just to let you know and I was doing it on the DL because I was like you know and I could it could be the other way around I could be like really snobby with it like I made my own uh, gel yeah but I wasn't so I was like on the DL but David heard me and then the, I think like an hour later on set, he just made this big announcement that I use flaxseed gel and, make it, and all the embarrassment basically but yeah I just make life easy for them <laughs> very very good very good you're the only person i know that creates their own hair products well it was um my girlfriend got it off online there was a uh, a, a blogger does videos about um natural hair care so i i didn't do it my, like this i learned this i'm not yeah. like the um creator of this yeah but go on you can find anything online this okay. type of video like how I don't know compost face mask how to do yeah natural <laughs> face mask with avocado and seeds like yeah. you find someone doing it yeah yeah so big up YouTube yeah and, and also shout out to your hair as well shout out to my hair so just so when you watch Borderline just to be official you've got flaxseed in your hair I've flaxseed gel flaxseed gel in that mushroom that is on my head yeah and uh no shame <laughs> no shame <laughs> smells good that stuff wicked alright I guess we'll wrap it up there then bruv Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Not going to lie, his hair looked very healthy. I had a little Google after we had to talk about that flaxseed and the whole natural hair care movement seems to be way more popular than I thought. Uh, Check it out. Let me know how you get on with it. Uh, Flaxseed at marcusbronzy.com. 
hit me up on that email address let me know your flaxseed situation is uh, anyway this show was produced and hosted by me Marcus Bronzy thank you to our co-producers Billy Wright Shane Powell David Shawncross special thanks to Milo Fisher Wide Awake aka CJ Beats and Jordan Crisp for the intro stings and outro music you can also listen to Marcus Meets via iTunes podcast Apple devices or Acast which works on every single phone I know if you're unsure what device to listen to Marcus Meets on then head to Marcus bronzy.com slash meets m-a-r-c-u-s-b-r-o-n-z-y dot com slash meets in the meantime keep safe uh, and there'll be another episode of Marcus Meets real soon ciao mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.